Our scripture reading is Genesis 29, verses 1 through 20. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it. For out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large. And when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep, and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? And they said, We are from Haran. And he said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said to them, Is it well with him? And they said, It is well. And see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. He said, Behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And Jacob told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I'll serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Janice. Good morning. Today, following the preaching last week, which will be followed by the preaching next week, so more or less the same context, we're going to see one of the most beautiful love stories. In the Bible. But a love story that's it's among a tough or difficult situation in Jacob's life. But let's pay attention to this and let's see what God has prepared for us today. This text, this special text in, in uh, chapter uh, 39, 1 to 20, 
actually is a continuation of the Genesis 28, verse 5. If you read the verses 1 to 5 in chapter 28 and jump to chapter uh, 29, you see that is continuation. The remaining of the verse 28, the, the marriage of Esau and the dreams of Jacob is in between this story. Jacob left his house, sent by his mother, Rebekah, to the land of his, par- his family to try to find a wife. Parents usually are concerned when, when their children is turning 30, 35, almost 40, and don't find any person. I say, mm, go to somewhere. <laughs> Try to find someone. I love you. I still want you to be home, but I think it's time. <laughs> and this part of this text, Jacob finds himself at a point of his, on his journey that he was just being strongly impacted by God. We saw this last Sunday. When he had this dream, this ladder, ladder and he had this, and the situation of, of that vision impacted him profoundly. And he is also affected his relationship with God. Although, on previous chapter, Jacob made a lifetime commitment to God, he was still a fugitive, running for his life because of all deceit he had done against his brother Issa. Being a fugitive is something that no one should be proud of, especially during that time when family ties were the greatest treasure one could have or one could keep. Being a fugitive would be a disgrace to any family. Even running away for his life, Jacob was going to ex- was going to experience an important and and an unexpected moment in his story. This is what we're going to look at this morning. We see this this transition in Jacob's life from fleeing to setting. Why am I saying this? From fleeing. To setting. Fleeing, first of all, because of the consequences of his wrong decisions. As he, Jacob approached the place of his destination when he was run away from his life, left his parents' house, his mother sent him to Padam, Har- Padam Haran the place where Laban's, his brother, was living, when he approached the place of his destination, Jacob found 
some shepherds near a well and asked about Laban, his, his, his uncle, but he didn't mention it at that time. He was delighted to hear that his uncle was well. But especially because he heard that his daughter, Rachel, was on her way bringing her father's flock as she was a shepherdess. I think Jacob's memory must have been flooded with memories of Genesis chapter 24. On Genesis chapter 24, we find the story of when his grandfather, Abraham, sends one of his servants to his land in search of a wife for his son, Isaac, Jacob's father. For sure, Jacob uh, heard many stories about the work God, of God in the lives of his parents. That story now was repeating itself in his life. As his mother, Rebekah, was also found by Abraham's servant at the edge of a well. And taken to his Isaac. Now Jacob was there. Hoping that that beautiful girl coming to the well would be the woman God had chosen for him. Meanwhile, he was shocked. The shepherds were wasting time by not giving water to, the, to their sheep in a time of green pastures. How can we do be, be waiting here for someone to take this stone from the mouth of the well, even in the middle of the day, with a green pastures, what are you doing here? It's no wonder that later Laban, uh, Laban's flocks would increase under Jacob's care. He knew that in time of uh, green pastures, it's not time to be there, sit with the flock. It was time to be around as the flock was need in need of eat and to grow, to reproduce. Probably in his whole life, Jacob never had a plan to go to his uncle's place, but the consequences of his bad decisions drove him there. Despite his character, God was about to turn the bad into good in Jacob's life. Because of this, we learned some good lessons so far. One lesson that we learned from this situation in Jacob's life is this. Even when we don't understand all the events in our lives, we must keep in mind that our story is being written by God. 
Even though Rebecca had no that idea on that time, that founts on that time, even though Jacob that had that founts in their mind, in his mind, he was running away, he was fleeing, fleeing, and he came to that place, knowing that probably he was there to protect himself against the 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 hate that Issa had to him, but he was on the right place that God had planted for his life. Second, God always has our stories under his sovereign control, including, that's important, including our mistakes and their sad consequences. Sometimes, God let us experience trouble, which we got ourselves into, not to simply have us experience difficulties, but with the intention to reveal to us who really we are, what is actual character. Problems is not to, to, punish, our, to punish us. We get, we, we get inside of some troubles. We get inside of some situations. And God let us, us to go through to show us who we are. A great example of this is found in Genesis Chapter 50, verse 20. When Joseph in, in Egypt tells his brothers that even though they had harmed him so much, God had a purpose in everything despite his enormous suffering. Joseph said this, You intended to harm me but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of men's lives. Even though we do not understand this, the event, even the event we call it evil, is still under God's control. God did not create the evil plot that Jacob and Rebekah carry out against Esau and Isaac. But God turned that evil into good so that God's eternal plans in Jacob's life could be accomplished. Despite so many turns and so many situations created by Jacob, he arrived exactly where God wants him to be. Same happened to us. Despite all suffering, we are eventually, we are suffering, and that eventually we could pass through. But I said, from fleeing 
to setting. Even though Jacob was fleeing as a result of his bad decisions, now he has come to set him down as a result of his good decision. The bad decision was deceived in the past. What's the good decision now? I'm going to stay here because of someone. When Jacob arrived in Padam Aram, he was overcome with emotion when he met Rachel. You see, if you can still remember, I remember when we only first time we saw our beloved one. We turned in, in, at a, in a childhood again. We laugh of everything, for everything. Doesn't matter if, if, if it's, it's good or not, we're just laughing. And we close our eyes and we see her or him, depending on the case, there. When you're in love, everything turns different. And that great joy was increased as a result of his experience of faith that God would bless him his journey as we saw in Genesis 28. In, in Genesis 28, Jacob, Jacob has this dream about the ladder, and he said, God blessing me. And God said, I will bless you in your journey. Now he is there, firming that promise, seeing that lady. He said, now that is my time. Jacob and Rachel was a story of love at first sight. Unfortunately, today many, many people say that they do not believe in love anymore. Love is something that people use and throw away according to the convenience. For many people, love is just a case of sexual attraction that they use and throw away. But this story shows us the value of true love, the value of the love at first sight. I believe in, in love in the first sight. Do you believe? I believe. When I was 17 years old, let me share this. When I was 17 years old, I visited this congregation 300 miles from my hometown. When I arrived there and got inside the church, the first thing that called my attention was this. An unforgettable, beautiful smile on a gorgeous girl's face. <laughs> Even though I was sent to that congregation because my mother had passed away a year before and I was facing a very difficult time in my life, I was extremely shy. Can you believe it or not? I was extremely shy. <laughs> And my aunt, my mother's sister, she is 97 years old today. And she said, Fernando, you need to find someone. 
If you find someone, I'll give you a new jacket. <laughs> I was in need of a new jacket. So I went to that place, even though I, I was looking for that particular thing, when I saw that smile, was a love at first, at first sight. And that smile was, and still has been remarkable in my life for the last 39 years. It's still shining. It's still shining my every morning. Yes, love at first sight happens, and that is what happened in Jacob's life. He wanted to have a good first impression on Rachel. Of course, this is man's character. After all, each person has only one chance to do a first impression. So, we need to be careful with that. It was Jacob said, did. He was frustrated with the shepherd because they were there waiting for, I don't know, Jacob didn't know, but he was frustrated because the, 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 the stone was still there covering the well, the well. And then Jacob was there and did the second action. First one, being grabbed by Rachel's sight. But the second action was Jacob's. He did what is a typical man action. Showing themselves as the strongest among many to impress their wives, their girlfriends, or just friends. I'm important. <laughs> but of course, of course, it doesn't apply to any man here at all sense. <laughs> well, after all that the, the demonstration, Jacob was eager to walk with Rachel to Laban's house. I need to know my uncle and hopefully my father-in-law. Jacob had no idea that that walk with Rachel would lead him to stay there for more than 20 years. With all the consequences of his decisions, plots, and deceit on the course of those years. We'll see more about this next Sunday with Pastor Justin. But unquestionably, this is one of the greatest love stories found in the Bible. Here we find the joy and pleasure that Rachel brought into Jacob's life. Virtuous love brings its own reward. Nothing is exhausting when the one we love is with us. And nothing is too difficult when it's done to cultivate love. 
Jacob as a passionate one, waited patiently for seven years so he could be with the woman of his dream. It happened because when, after a month living in Laban's house, Laban came to him and said, okay, you are my, my relative. It's not, it's not fair that we stay here working for me and has no wage. What do you want to receive as a wage for your labor? And again, had the second sight to Rachel. Probably he should ask for the whole Rachel, but on that point, he was, on that moment, he was satisfied to say, okay, give me Rachel's hand and I'll work for you for seven years. And which he did. And patiently, he waited for seven years to have the woman of his dreams. But the interesting, what we read in the Bible. Look at the verse 20 you have in your hand. The Bible says, So Jacob served, served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. He loved Rachel. And that was worth any effort. After all, Rachel was hardworking and beautiful. Laban offered for Jacob this opportunity, and he didn't lose that opportunity to have her as a wage for his job. Again, for Jacob, they seemed but a few days because of the love he had for Rachel. Although Jacob's mother sent him to Laban's house to find a woman, wherever she was among her relatives, she might never have imagined who actually God had prepared for him. Brothers and sisters, God always, I repeat, always has our stories under his sovereign control. Our stories are nothing more than small parts of the bigger story that God is still writing for his own glory. Ponder this for a moment. I repeat, our stories are nothing more than small parts of the bigger story that God is still writing for his own glory. Even though we do not understand the good and the bad parts in our lives, we, have to, we should keep in our memory My life, our life, lives, our stories 
is under God's control. Our story, the human being's stories, had been finished yet. He's still writing our stories. The only thing that we see is the straight road in front of us. But we can't see anything after that turn. God knows. And he has prepared everything for us. When you believe this, and when you rest in God's hand for this, at the end, we will look back and see, God, thank you for all turns in our lives because we brought me to the right place. The story of Jacob and Rachel doesn't end here. Next Sunday, same place and same time, <laughs> we will see all the aspects of the unfolding of this story. However, today we see what God does with the stories of those who are his. So, brothers and sisters, as your daily stories unfold, unfold, even on those days you call bad days, instead of wasting time asking God the reason for this or that, why something is happening to you or to, or to someone you care for, invest your time asking God what He wants you to learn and where He wants to take you. This will be more fruitful in your life. For your own personal growth, for a better knowledge of God, the writer of your story. You are where God wants you to be. Rest in His hand. Let's pray. Oh God, how difficult to us is to rest in your hand when many difficult situations come to our lives, to our families. God, we, we know that we are weak enough to time, from time to time to run away from you, trying to find our way by ourselves. God, forgive us. Forgive us because at the end we know that we are still writing our stories. We know why you let something happen to us. It's because you, you want to show us by our own choices, who we really are. 
God, hold our hands. Lead us to the green, through the green pastures. If it's necessary, correct us. But what we want is to be where you want us to be. Be with us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us. But don't let us alone. Don't let us without your grace. Don't let us without your presence. Bring us closer to you. And lead us according to your plan. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.